You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome once again to Cinema a la Carte, your place for general films, Eric. Is it right? <laughs> you start that sentence and then nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is this is our spinoff uh, podcast uh, that we do less frequently than dark discussions, uh, where we discuss movies that wouldn't quite fit under the dark discussions umbrella. That's right, that's right. Uh, for folks who want to know where we are, uh, it's www.darkdiscussions.com and there's a page on darkdiscussions.com for Cinema a la Carte. List, uh, um, our uh, podcast there where you can download it from or you can just go and find it pretty much where anywhere podcasts are found. Um, before we continue, uh, we do have another co-host besides myself and Eric. Uh, and who's the third co-host? I can't wait to find out. I heard his voice. That's him. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Good, good, good. I just turned half a century. Yesterday. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Yes, yes, thank you. I'm not yes. singing, but happy birthday. Yes, yes, thank you. I, thank you. I, nobody's saying. We're not that kind of a podcast. I thought Phil was just baiting me so I would whip out my Marilyn Monroe impression, but it's not going to happen. It, well, that's uh, one of her films would fit under this podcast. <laughs> oh shit! What have I done? Uh, well, at, at least the film that, that was really a, a serenade uh, live, not related to a film. So right, you don't, yeah. So you don't have to do that. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, nothing much else. Uh, for folks who want to email this podcast, give us your thoughts. Uh, darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Uh, also, the Cinema a la Carte uh, talk on Facebook is under the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook groups, where you can go there and discuss uh, anything related to any of the podcasts that we do. And, uh, Mike, uh, we have a few other podcasts that we, we do, and, and we're about to start yes, a new we one. Do. And what are those? What are those? Oh, what are they? Oh, you want more than that. All right. Well, there's obviously the Dark Discussions podcast, which apparently now is at 425 episodes. That's correct. This is the latest one released, uh, and that is a predominantly horror-themed podcast, but uh, anything uh, horror film fiction and all that is fantastic. Anything genre kind of fits under there, um, and that is a weekly podcast and has been going on now for far too long. Um <laughs> We have a uh, podcast that covers the HBO series Westworld called Bullets, Brothels, and Bots. And that is going to be starting up um, in just a few weeks when season three of Westworld begins. Oh, uh, fuck. 
I gotta rewatch season two. And um, we also have a bunch of other sister podcasts. There's uh, uh, Anthony T's Horror Show. There's uh, Fishnets and Phantoms. And what's the other one that we just added? Oh, uh, Darkest Before Dawn, I think it's something like that. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. We're we're really into the cross-promotional thing yeah, yeah so we've had, we have had a few other podcasts join us join up with us which is um where they come from so if you go to darkdiscussions.com you'll find links to all of those podcasts as well as our now defunct you know nothing john snow podcast uh, for some reason you want to hear about a show that's been canceled um and, i wouldn't say uh, it was canceled i would say well, it ended yeah what's well, done <laughs> it's done yes uh yeah so that that that's us um and you will mostly hear uh Phil's annoying voice my annoying voice and Eric's annoying voice on on most of those Hey lady <laughs> Where's my whiskey and cigarettes Oh well that's where Chrissy who's not joining us tonight All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right fair enough fair enough Am I wrong um, I guess not. I mean, no, yeah, no, I'm not. No, no um, yes, yes, and uh, I was right. It was darkest before dawn. Um, so yeah, so we have a number of podcasts and cross promotional and kind of um, uh, what we call um, a mini network of podcasts. I guess uh, people that help out and and uh, promote our podcast as we try to promote theirs, where they all have. Uh, pages on the darkdiscussions.com Facebook, or I should say darkdiscussions.com website. Uh, so, uh, Darkest Before Dawn, Anthony T's Horror Show, and Fishnets and Phantoms all have uh, their own uh, page off of the Dark Discussions front page. Um, and those podcasts are hosted by other folk. Uh, Fishnets and Phantoms is hosted by Miss Amy Rain. Uh, Darkest Before Dawn is uh, Anthony or Andrew Durand, and uh, Anthony T's Horror Show is Anthony uh, Thurber. So um, we have some other folks that uh, participate in the Dark Discussions feed. Um, all right, anything else anybody wanted to bring up? Anything? All right, I guess we can uh, get into our topic tonight. And uh, I think, Eric, you actually chose this topic, and it was, a, uh, I guess, a different topic from the prior three films that we, we've done. Because uh, the other prior three films were um, live action, and uh, this is a little different. So what are we going to discuss tonight? Uh, tonight, we're going to be discussing the 2015 animated Pixar film Inside Out. How was the first day of school? Fine, I guess. Did you guys pick up on that? Sure oh, did. Well, something's wrong. Signal the husband. Uh-oh. She's looking at us. What did she say? Oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What is it, woman? What? I'm Joy. This is Sadness. That's anger. What? This is disgust. Uh, and that's fear. Ah! We're Riley's emotions. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! These are Riley's memories. They're mostly happy. 
Sophie, you'll notice, not to brag. I wanted to maybe hold one. What happened? Sadness. She did something to the memory. Is everything okay? I don't know. Take it back, Joy. Great. Joy, no. Let's wait. Go. The core memories. Ah! No, 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 no. Can I say that curse word now? What do we do now? Nothing's working. Why isn't it working? We have a major problem. Oh, I wish Joy was here. We can fix this. We just have to get back to headquarters. That's long-term memory. You could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. What was that? Was it a bear? There are no bears in San Francisco. I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. This place is huge. Imagination land? No way. Dream production? Rainbow unicorn strike air. I loved you in Fairy Dream Adventure Part 7. Okay, bye. I love you. You can't focus on what's going wrong. There's always a way to turn things around. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. Who's the birthday girl? Brain freeze! Hang on. Riley, here we come. That's right. Uh, technically, Disney will say a Disney Pixar film. Yeah, That's we'll right. F them. Yeah, well, they're making all the money and they own Pixar, so. Yeah, well, so F them double. But separate <laughs> from, from Disney Studio films, uh, Disney Animation Studios, which, That's you right. know, uh, makes other films. So it is technically That's a different arm of Disney. That's correct. Yes, uh, as Marvel is and Lucasfilm and and 20th Century and so on and so forth. Um, so uh, this film here uh, won the Academy Award for Best Animated Picture. Um, it premiered at Cannes and then went out to the States. And uh, then the world um, made a, a, a ton load of money. Um, directed by a guy named uh, Pete Doctor. Doctor, yep. Yeah, and uh, written wrong, by. But it's pronounced Doctor. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And then uh, Pete Doctor, Meg Lefove, and Josh Cooley were the screenwriters, uh, based off a story by Pete Doctor and someone named Ronnie Del Carmen. Uh, film has a number of uh, voice actors, uh, including two veterans from The Office, uh, and also two uh, folks from uh, Greater Boston. Uh, Amy Polar is the lead uh, from uh, Burlington, Massachusetts. Uh, Phyllis Smith, uh, who played Phyllis from The Office. Uh, Richard Kind, Louis Black, Bill Hader, Mindy Kaling, who played Kelly from The Office and is also from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, actually, Cambridge. And uh, a couple other folks like Caitlin Dias, Diane Lane, and Kyle McLaughlin. Um, I don't really have much else. Uh, I didn't really do research about what the screenwriters or doctors, meaning the director, Mr. Doctor, have done prior um, and uh, whatnot. But uh, if anybody wants to talk about that, we can do that after. But uh, I guess we can discuss how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh, let's start with you, Eric, since you chose it. Um, I don't remember how I originally heard about it. I do usually keep a, 
an eye out for Pixar goings on because um, I got in the habit back in the day when Steve Jobs was running the place. Um, and I watch most of them uh, and usually enjoy them, even the ones that don't particularly uh, catch my eye as far as something I think I'd be interested in. I usually end up enjoying. So they got a pretty good track record with me. Um, and then once I watched this, it turned out to be, uh, uh, frankly, one of the more brilliant things I've ever seen, um, because of what they put forth in the movie. And we'll, we'll get into that in detail later. Um, it's, it's basically the story of a young girl that, uh, moves to San Francisco with her parents, um, and all the emotions she goes through experiencing that and all of her emotions are personified, uh, with the voice actors that Phil was listing off previously. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a fantastic movie. Um, and really has a, a pretty good message as well. Uh, there's stuff for kids. Kids could enjoy this movie, but adults could also enjoy this movie, uh, which is part of, part of the magic that makes Pixar as wonderful as they are. All right. Very good. Mike. Phil. All right. Very good. Mike. Phil. Yes. No. <laughs> You're not helpful, Mike. Uh, it's my, that's my lot in life. So, yeah, uh, I, I heard about this because Disney has a marketing department with a budget larger than the gross national product of many nations. Um, yeah, this is I, I saw this one in theaters. I've seen a lot of the Pixar films in theaters, uh, though not all of them. Still a couple I haven't caught up with. Um, this is a solid film. I think this is probably my fourth watch now, maybe third one. I just watched, finished rewatching it. Um, yeah, and I think Eric sums it up. I curious why exactly this was the one that he wanted there's a whole lot of pixar uh this is probably the this is is this the first cinema a la carte film that really there was no chance of us covering uh on dark discussions at all yeah i would agree i would agree yeah Mm -hmm. the other three the other four edge cases (laughs) yeah the the other three technically could have could have been and it's kind of sort of but this one i don't think we would have ever thought of as a dark discussions, even as the et cetera side. Right. But uh, even, even though it is, is uh, topically it would, it would qualify because it's, fa- it's fantasy and science fiction and, and all that's fantastic. So, and it's sad. <laughs> so there's nothing, nothing I've ever wanted more than to be inside the head of an 11 year old girl. So there's nothing creepy about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only if you make it creepy, Mike. Only if you make it creepy. Yeah, well, okay. So, uh, no, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And by the way, if you have uh, Disney Plus, you can watch it there uh, if you subscribe to that. Um, if not, you know, there's always the old Blu ray, DVD, 4K, or whatever. VOD rental. You can rent VOD them. rentals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah sorry. But continue, uh, your thoughts, feelings, and all that other stuff. Yeah, so it's a film I like a lot, um, but I like it more for uh, just the, the the gags and the casting, I think, more than the story. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the story. It is well plotted out, like a lot of Pixar stuff tends to be. Um, but I think the cast of the voices, like Louis Black, is anger. 
and Amy Poehler as Joy. Um, Amy Poehler, I know best as the the lead in uh, Parks and Rec, and she is just a bundle of enthusiasm in most of the projects I've seen her in. So she works brilliantly as Joy. Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah, and Saturday Night Live. Um, Bill Hader's Fear. Um, yeah, there's it's just impeccably cast um and just little jokes uh and i i think of uh, the one that always sticks with me is uh when they're i think they're on the train and they knock over the boxes of facts and opinion <laughs> that's a good one and get them mixed up it's oh no we mixed up facts and opinion ah, it happens all the time i i yep. just find that particularly hysterical um you know, when they're trying to decide what to do, we could go in the shut ourselves in the closet and shout that curse word we know. It's a good one. Um, I find Lewis Black particularly hysterical as uh, as anger. And then, like, a lot of the very quick um, cutaways at the end. Uh, and there's a couple of times in the film where they cut to the inner voices of mom and dad. And then at the end of the film, they just kind of do a chain of going from one inner voice to another inner voice. To another yeah, the, voice. the cat and, so and the, and cat the, and the, the boy that that's honey. Yeah, girl, girl, red alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I really enjoyed that, and it's. Um, I know a lot of uh, my of my students who are I teach high school students. The you know there are a lot of uh, let's say freshman girls I guess would have been around the time when this came out who really liked this film so maybe it's it's more, a little bit more geared towards the adolescent girl because it is a film about an adolescent girl um, I have no idea apparently there's this whole thing about being happy that is a bad thing now I I don't know I I don't get it anyhow uh, but we'll talk about that all right very well um, yeah for me um, I actually never heard of the film until it won the Academy Award um, because it was the year, um, right? I don't, I don't know why. It was, it was a busy year, probably because I had a, a newborn and, and it was a pain in the ass uh, to uh, sleep and various other things. Well. Um, <laughs> first world problems, right? Um, so I um, decided when it was time to what my kids see a, f a film. I said, well, Disney's, this one just won the Academy Award. So I bought this first. So this is my very first VOD purchase, I think ever to be wow. honest. Yeah. Yeah. So 2016 VOD purchase of the film. Um, and, uh, since then I've, I've bought many other films, not just kids films, but, uh, so yeah, so I watched the film, uh, a number of times or was forced to watch the film a number of times. <laughs> and, uh, and it was one of our go-to films uh, for the kids in the car. Um, when we drove like for our 45 minutes or an hour to, to the beach or to wherever to Boston, it would be one of the iPad films. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, like Mike on this one. Um, as, as a coherent story, it, I mean, it makes sense and stuff, but it, it wasn't as interesting to me as their more streamlined stories, whether it's Pixar or, or Disney um, 
animation or whatnot. Um, but the gags and the casting and the interesting artwork of the inner mind was interesting. I mean, we've seen this in horror films from Sal and various other films, like the inner mind of a monster. Um, but this one here, um, obviously is a little different and, um, it works really good. And, um, the go between, between the real life and the inside of the girl's mind life, um, kind of is pretty smooth. Um, so it deserves its, its, its good rating and its respect from award season and the money box office that it made. Uh, right now it has like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is amazing. Um, and probably so because the script is very comp- complex, uh, because it's just a weird film. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I I I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I've always liked the film. I've seen it, like I said, a number of times, probably more than either Mike and Eric combined, because I have small kids. Um, but uh, well, you know, kids like they they just latch on to a thing, you know. But they quickly tire quickly tire of it, right? After one two hundred yeah. watches, it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it and then it goes to the went to the Wizard of Oz, and then after that it went to Frozen, and after that it went to you know on and on and on. Uh, yeah, so, but so I've seen all those films like four hundred times in the past five years. Never mind Wizard of Oz a dozen times prior to that. Um, uh, yeah, my my niece when Lion King came out, the original, uh, you know, they had the VHS for I think Bambi. She had the VHS for Bambi, oh, and yeah, that yeah. was on constant like just that there was done play it again play it again rewind play it again play it again you know and then lion king same thing was just watch the same thing over and over and over again oh yeah oh yeah absolutely yep absolutely so i've seen moana and i've seen the sleeping beauty and toy story and tangled like 70 times in, in a year um but either way um uh yeah yeah so i think the only fault of this film that really upset me is that the, the parents actually moved out of Minnesota and went to California. And it was the stupidest thing anybody would ever do. Uh, besides that, everything else of the movie is awesome. Who the hell would want to move to California from Minnesota? Minnesota. A lot of people. Is farm. Particularly country. ones that have experienced Minnesota winter. Yeah. Well, that's or, pro- or, I'll give you that. Or people who probably have a tech job. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Too. That's true. <laughs> like, I think the dad does. I mean, yeah, I think that's exactly why they moved to California because I think it is near the city. They, they'd never really spell it out, but it's implied. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's talk of investors. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of sucks. You had to move from place you know to this other place that is California, <laughs> but. Otherwise, well, I, this was this, and well, this was five years ago. They didn't quite have the the pooping on the street problems that San Francisco has now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's it's not funny, but it is funny. That's uh, no, funny. It's, it's gross. It's funny. It's funny if you're not there. It's 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 funny. It's gross because uh, it's happening to them. That's why uh, yeah. it's funny. Right, right. And didn't they just have a thing where uh, legal aliens are not allowed to be arrested? if they ha- pulled over with a no license, but Americans are still 
arrested if they don't have any license. It's just the whole state is oh, just strange. Yeah. I, I just don't weird. Let's let's let them be, be them and just hope the big one hits sometime soon. They can break away, float off. Maybe they can join Japan. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I know some of the counties. To be clear, are that's not all of California. There's some very lovely parts of the state. <laughs> yes, yes, like the redwood forest, for instance. Indeed, it was. You, mean, you, know, you mean the forest moon of Endor? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. It is. It is where it is. All right. So um, I guess that's pretty much that. So uh, I guess we, Eric, do we have a wiki for this film? Wiki, wiki. After young Riley is uprooted from her Midwest life and moved to San Francisco, her emotions, joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness, conflict on how best to navigate a new city, house, and school. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's what causes the 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 anger and all the others to go nuts in, in the mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sadness. And and I Mike didn't mention. Um, uh, Phyllis Smith, but but she was an outstanding in this film. I felt as well. Uh, uh, sadness. Yeah, yeah, she was good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she there was, was anybody good, bad I, in this movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. But first, I, I I know I remember before the film came out, there was buzz about how wonderful sadness was, and I, I just found sadness was okay. Mm-hmm. I I just found anger far more fun. Well. You can probably relate with anger more. Oh, I probably can. There's a, <laughs> I think there, I think there's a good reason why, um, you know, the, the, with the dad, it's anger that has control mm-hmm. more. Because as a as a guy, like you're allowed to feel anger more mm-hmm. than you are allowed to feel sad. Where girls tend to be allowed, right, to feel sad more. Well, you know, and you hear, honestly, you hear girls talking about having a good cry and guys just go, huh? <laughs> well, and honestly, that's why I like this movie so much um, is because I, I understand what you guys are saying about the story. Um, but the message of the movie is really uh, that you need all of your emotions to have a comprehensive life. And if you try and shut one of them down, it's not necessarily the most healthy thing to do. Um and and really the 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 whole to me the the message of this movie throughout the whole thing they're trying to keep sadness away from everything uh because they don't want sadness to infect uh memories and everything um but really uh your your sadness is an important part of your life and it needs to be there um as somebody who who has struggles with depression i really kind of appreciated that message but it still sucks. It sucks, but it's necessary. It sucks. It's necessary, and it's not inappropriate. And there are people who think, well, if you're sad, their job is to cheer you up. <laughs> right. And sometimes the appropriate response to being sad is being sad mm-hmm. and just letting somebody deal with their sad. Right. Right. Um don't that's, need to fix it because it's not something that's wrong. Right. And there is also a scene in the film, which uh, I think is a precursor to uh, a, a thing I see a lot now in films, which is uh, where the mom tells the, the uh, uh, Riley to smile 
you know, you know, for dad, right? We got a smile for dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of ties into this thing where we see a girl's being told to smile. Now, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's a thing. I, I'm, I'm hearing from women in my life that it is, and I'm not doubting that. I mm-hmm. just didn't. I was just. Oh, I didn't see thing. that. I didn't see that for this film. I, th- no, I saw I it as, as your father and and she was talking about herself. Never mind the father, which is we don't want you to be sad. So you know, try to be smart, happy, and smile. You know, right? I, mean, I don't know. It's, don't it wasn't. Think? It wasn't like a man or or a woman saying to us. So no, no, no. It's thing. a different. It's a different thing. But it, it yeah. is a thing where you know. I think. There is more pressure on girls to be smiley and happy, happy and bubbly, uh, than like you get more that than like boys don't necessarily have to deal with that to the same degree. Although I do remember stuff like that from my from my mom, you know. But it's uh, that could have just been her trying to manipulate me because she, she doesn't want to deal with my bullshit <laughs> when I was younger, much younger, you know, like forty. Um, but yeah, All right. Yeah, I, that's interesting. I, I had no idea that anybody would have saw a gender issue in in the film at all. But I guess there are people. Well, out it there is. I think. I think it's something. Very, it's it's definitely from a girl's point of view. I don't think you could have made this story with a teenage boy and had it work quite the same way. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I guess. Um. But but I meant a gender as in. A uh, male-dominated world forcing girls <laughs> to smile. I, well, I, I don't think it's meant as a male-dominated thing, but I think it is just sort of or a stereotypical thing. societal thing. I don't. I don't think that was put into the movie as a message. I think you right. can see it if you're looking for it. Well, again, I think that's yeah. why I, would, I wouldn't have noticed it in the same way five years ago as I would now. That in the last two years or so, it's become more of a overt thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just again, it's the idea of just be be you know, able to embrace your emotions. Be, you know, if you're happy, you're happy. If you're not happy, you're not happy. See, and and this is what I have to disagree with you, Mike, about uh, if this was a little a boy rather than a girl. I, I I don't know. I mean, I could relate to this as easily as as if as I assume a girl who's watching this because like, you know, when I was dropped off at basketball camp as a kid, I, I had my meltdown um, because where's my mummy and I'm in, in, you know, five miles out of Boston and my parents are 30 miles away or what, whatever. So I, I, I mean, I, I guess, think, but the story would be different because as a boy, your negative emotions tend to be a lot more pissy. You know, it tends to be much more testosterone fueled rage than it is, you know, right. sadness. Yeah, right. I, I guess uh, a male that listens to Taylor Swift and stuff like that, I, I guess I'm a little less testosteronian, I guess. Testosterone, so. the San Francisco treat. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, but on a serious note, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I, that's interesting perspective, Mike. Um, I mean, I, I noticed right away when I saw the film and I felt it was interesting because, again, this was five years ago that the film came out and I, I saw it in 2016 right after it won Academy Award. Uh, so that's still four years ago. Um, a woman led cartoon film that wasn't, uh, in the real world, you know, not fantastical, um, was, was new to me. And, and so that I noticed immediately, but as the movie went along, 
you know, and she she likes hockey, and she did you know did things like that. You know, I, it just came to me. It's like it's, I didn't notice the gender after the first watch kind of thing. Similar to like the descent, you know, we all, every, I remember when the descent came out, everybody's like, Oh my God, a, a woman horror film. And is it misogynistic and all this other stuff. And then now everybody just talks about how great of a film it was. And even some people says that it was a landmark film because it was all female cast and not misogynistic. And so certain things do pop up just because it's different, but, um, yeah, that's interesting that now, two years later, or two years from when this smiling thing came up, that it's now noticeable. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. I'm now just mumbling on, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was just a small thing, but I think it was, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. That, that, sure. that, that's, uh, it's, and again, I, it's a completely different thing, but it just sort of stuck in my mind. Not as a fight the patriarchy thing, but it just stuck out in my mind more as a scene than it would have previously. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I've. I mean, my parents have said the same thing to me. You know, smile. You know, make your mom happy or make your father happy, whatever. So, <laughs> or make your grandparents happy or whatever. But yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I guess. Yeah. It's. It's. Depends on uh, your perspective and and how you've experienced life that you'll determine. Certain things in the film. Um, that's why we all, in, you know, go on. Now. I was just going to say uh, we should probably throw up a little spoiler flag. We've not, we haven't really talked to any specifics yet, uh, but I'm sure we're going to at some point. So I just want to throw that out there. We will be talking about specifics of this film shortly. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, 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 and at this point, I don't think we need to. It doesn't have to be a straight review anyway, because you know now it's five, six years later, and and it's mm-hmm. one of the Academy Award. Most people who ha- who've seen it um, are and want to hear a podcast about it would want to hear perspectives rather than Phil. Just, you can oh, never stop me from throwing up the spoiler flag. Fair enough. <laughs> I, yes, I I, I yes. think it's a consideration for our listeners. Yeah, uh, so, if you haven't seen Inside Out and you wish to before you want to hear details about it, go do that now and come back and listen to the rest later. Yes. So anyway, uh, probably the my the reason I chose this movie and the reason I love this movie so much um, is because the conceptualization of uh, the mind. <laughs> I thought the way that they they uh, decided to do this was was brilliant. Um, you know, you've got uh, joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness, and they're. Uh, at any one time, one is driving driving the bus, right? One's at the console controlling everything. And as Riley goes through life experiences, uh, memories are formed. Um, and usually the person who's at the console when the memory's formed has their emotion attached to it. And all the memories get lined up into a tube. And then when Riley goes to sleep at the end of the day, all, all the memories in the tube get downloaded into long-term storage. <laughs> and uh, every once in a while, something gets tucked away as a core memory, uh, which what it, the core memories are what form her basic personality. And I, <laughs> I thought the conceptualization of that was just masterful, uh, particularly when at the end of the movie, as she's now maturing um, and headed towards puberty, um, they have to expand the console so that more than one emotion can be at the helm at the same time. And the memories that are being formed 
are are more complex. They're not as implicit as just being joy, fear, anger, disgust, or sadness. Uh, there are multiple mo- emotions mixed up all uh, in the I, same memory. I was waiting for Horny to step in at the end. <laughs> well, Horny's not an emotion. <laughs> no, uh, uh, yeah, Eric, at least not as depicted in this movie. No, <laughs> yeah, okay. but, but uh, that's a, that's a really good point, Eric, um, because memories as they created, or or just incidents, right? Where where she is there and, and something happens, mm-hmm. uh, the memory that is happening is oddly becomes i guess it's filled with bias based off of which of those five standard emotions that this film depicts mm-hmm. uh is is running the council so it's it's interesting like uh memories will be happy but had something happened prior they could be sad and and the same memory if you really look at it could have could have had a different spin for a right. different child but again um it, it depends on who's running the the, the um council call right. console right. Mm-hmm. so it is kind of interesting aspect well, and, and joy as well at least as shown in this movie shows up first so she's kind of the boss and she tries to keep control as much as she possibly can um because she feels like joy is the best emotion uh and wants everything to be about joy and the others only step up when when she allows them until something disastrous happens and she's not around joy is a selfish controlling bitch is what you're trying to say a little yeah (laughs) (laughs) well well you you could look at it that way but you you know technically um uh, as as we know, if there's no quote unquote leader, even in a democracy, chaos happens. Um, so technically, her emotion, if we look at all these five emotions, is probably the most stable, and I would say the best emotion too, because you don't want to always be sad, you don't always want to be disgusted, you don't always want to be angry, and you don't always want to be frightened. So joy. Is is the state of mind you would hope would be the the norm, and the others would only come into play when something occurs. Like you'd be frightened mm-hmm. when you see an electrical cord fall down during a windstorm, or you'd be disgusted if you see a piece of bread with mold on it, or you'd be angry when you see a bully about to attack you, and you would be uh, sad when you know you lost your your most favorite comic book so or or well when you see a pizza pizza with with broccoli on it you would be angry (laughs) afraid sad and disgusted all together that is true you'd feel anything but joy that was that was a good moment in the movie um well i understand the point you're trying trying to make phil but uh, just just to throw it out there um, not all people have joy as their predominant emotions. Uh, there's some people with, uh, I don't, I don't know, idiosyncrasies or conditions, whatever you want to say. Um, like there, there are people who, who are constantly afraid of just about everything around them. And that's their default state. Um, you know, there, there are people who are, uh, germaphobes who are, who are constantly disgusted, uh, with, with, with everything around them. So, uh, I, I understand your po- point you're making, 
but joy might not be the predominant emotion for everybody. Sometimes that's why one. That's why I said uh, you would hope. Yeah, you would hope. You would hope. I I don't know. I've been around people who are always happy. They can be kind of disturbing all on their own. Well, and they also might be on drugs. Also, joy joy doesn't necessarily mean you're obnoxiously happy. It just means that your internal self is content. Hmm. Wonder what that's like. But I think it's fair (laughs) to say this joy was obnoxiously happy. Right. As yeah. Depicted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the the character Riley in the Joy State didn't seem obnoxious, no. even if the, the character Joy was obnoxious. Right. But but again, she's only an internalization of a feeling. So what counts is what Riley shows. All right. But Joy's still obnoxious. I guess. I mean, I like Joy. I mean, she was cool. She was the one I, I would most like to be around, I think. <laughs> I don't know that I would want to be around someone that only had one emotion all the time. And that's that, that's really the point of this movie, is that you need all your emotions. They're all important. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. They, they they show it, right? Because, again, if there's a danger, you want fear to appear mm-hmm. because fear will protect you. If, right. Same with disgust and same with anger and same with sadness. It's just that when you, like Eric, you mentioned some, some more anomalies like OCD disgust or people, people who are anger would be people that, you know, like, some sociopath dictator that shoots people, you know, on and on. So you don't want those to, in other words, you want a healthy balance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I also would think you would want those others to only come in when necessary and also not go to the extreme. So mm-hmm. you don't want to have gas appear except when disgust is required and not because you see a piece of, of pepper and say, oh, my God, this whole thing's ruined. I can't eat it and throw it out. You know, like my daughter would do this afternoon. You know, it's like we just ordered you a damp. It's pepper. It's a spice. I can't eat it. It's like, oh, <laughs> so you don't want that. So I've seen I've seen disgust way too much. and I see anger way too much from my, my kids. Mm-hmm. Fear is not too bad. It's, and and. And, well, um, but you just you just used it to get them to go to sleep by threatening to take away their nightlight. <laughs> because 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 their anger, their anger and. Oh my just... But they needed a nightlight, and they were afraid if the nightlight was gone, you used their fear against them, like jujitsu. <laughs> well, Unfortunately, their joy was misbehaving, and they were causing havoc. Their joy was missing. Their joy, joy was forgotten. Their joy w- was torturing their parents. <laughs> so, That's our joy. Yeah. But anyway, oh. so 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 yeah. But so my point is is that all the other emotions are important. It's just that w- we don't want them to be extremes because if if they are, you're gonna have problems. Right. At, at least I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think that's what's interesting about this film is that Joy doesn't want them at all, generally. It's just, especially sadness. And it's her journey, this film, even more than Riley or any other character, to learn that the other emotions are important. Mm -hmm. And now she understands why they're important. Obviously, they don't show a person with behavioral health in, in this, this film, because if they did, they would show the, the, the dictator and the, the mobster. And the I'll whatever. watch that movie. I would Outside too. in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I think it's a interesting uh, message um, to children and, and older folks too, because this film is most certainly uh, worthy for older folks to watch as well. That mm-hmm. um, to embrace your other emotions and don't feel they're bad, but at least try to um, make them work for you. So that's what sadness becomes. Sadness is actually working for mm-hmm. Riley, you know, by the end of the film. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also like the visual representation of uh, sadness touching memories and and uh, infecting them, for lack of a better word. Um, I thought that was really interesting because it happens sometimes, you know? Uh, Like, I have great memories of my mom. Uh, She passed a few years ago. So every once in a while, I'll start to think about one of my happy mom memories, and it'll become a little sad because she's not around anymore. Uh, and, and I thought that was interesting how they depicted that in the, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's true too. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of those memories, uh, it's hilarious how joy like runs to grab those balls because the balls are are like marbles. Mm -hmm. The memories are marbles basically. And, Mm -hmm. and, when sadness just touches it, it suddenly becomes a blue ball, which mm-hmm. symbolizes sadness. And so that memory is now quote unquote tainted for joy. And so joy right. is running around trying to save all the memories and hide them from sadness from touching them. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet, and yet, uh, your, your analogy, Eric makes sense that, you know, a happy memory can, can also, um, have sadness, um, because of, something that happens after, even after the fact that the memory occurred. Well, and, and you were talking about how this is really the journey of joy, but joy is part of Riley. So it's, it's really the journey of of Riley emotionally maturing, um, and, and developing more complex emotions as she's getting older. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and 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 uh, it shows you know like her imaginary friend and eventually imaginary friend. Bing bong, I yeah. love Bing bong. Yeah, you know, and- <laughs> Richard Kind was the voice of Bing bong, and Richard Kind is one of my favorite actors. Uh, he he usually he's usually in comedic stuff, and when he is, he he makes me laugh pretty hard because just his some about the combination of his voice and his face is is really just kind of funny in and of itself. Uh, that might sound mean. I didn't, I didn't mean it to be mean, but he's, he's, he's very funny. Well, no, no, I know what you, exactly what you mean because, you know, Jim Curry's another one who can 
do a comedy skit and then do facial expressions uh-huh. to make it funny. And, and and you're right, Richie Kind has a certain type of face and he knows how to act or, or do comedic routines, not just by what he says, but by expressions and all that. So I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. And yeah, I think he would, he would actually take a as a compliment. Uh, yeah, he's been on. around forever, right? Wasn't he, um, I, wasn't he on spin city with, uh, Michael J. Fox? Yes. yes, yes. He was. Um, and yes. I don't, I don't even think that was the first time I saw him. So mad about he you. Did, he he did a voice in a bug's life back in 1998. Apparently I'm looking at his page right now. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he's done a, a lot of, uh, Pixar films for voice. It says, uh, cars, bugs, life's, Toy Story Three, Inside Out, obviously. Well, that makes sense because he has a unique voice. It's, it's yeah, very he's got a good voice, like, and it is a very expressive. Right, he's a very expressive person. Mm-hmm. He's almost he is very cartoonish. That's why he gets cast in a lot of sitcoms. His face, he's got sort of this, you know, like you mentioned Jim Carrey, he's got kind of a rubber face, so he's good <laughs> at, at making faces. Is it right? Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he plays the character of Bing Bong in this movie, who is who's Riley's imaginary friend from childhood. And he's been pretty much relegated to the past uh, and Joy and Sadness uh, stumble across him when they, when they get lost uh, in, in the rest of the, the rest of the brain. Um, and I, I just thought <laughs> his character just cracked me up. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, uh, no matter how great the character is, uh, the point of that whole character shows the, the growth of Riley, the main, the real character in the film <laughs> where, where, um, her memories, you know, fade away. They show, right. Bing, you know, and it's kind of bittersweet because, you know, Bing Bong was a great part of her childhood. And then eventually he fades away forever. And but it's, it's better he helps sweet. get her joy back before he does. That's true. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that, and I awesome. and you kind of felt that coming, or mm-hmm. I did. Um, you know, because she is eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been put in the dustbin. She's not going to go back to having an imaginary friend. Um. So I wasn't at all surprised to see that he was going to be, you know, the sacrificial lamb mm-hmm. in this story. You know, that he'd make the heroic, heroic sacrifice. Um, that is not a knock. I'm um, just, uh, just was an observation about it. Um, so I don't know what the point of that was, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, so he, he's right. It's almost like all these my com- every comment I say, Mike, I have no point after. Like, why did yeah. I say that? Well, he's, yeah, and, and the character is, what is he, he's part cat, part elephant, mostly cotton candy, yeah. and he cries, um... Is it balloons, or, or is cries, it... cries candy. candy. Yeah. And, and, and I want to think, and something I like about it, it is something really absurd and ridiculous that you can see of a little girl kind of coming up with. Right. It's it's hard to think of adult brains coming up with things that are that that are so mm-hmm. incoherent. But it works. Well, and, and they did. And, and the whole process of forgetting was was kind of something interesting they put in this movie, too, because uh, they they have the long term storage, which is just shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of these of these memory marbles. Right. 
uh, and and a lot of them are becoming like uh, grayed out. They're fading, uh, and so like, there are these workmen uh, going through the memories. They're like, oh, we don't need this anymore, and they have this like vacuum tube that takes all the faded memories and and puts them down into the to the. Do they have a name for the canyon? I forget what it yeah, is. Yeah, they do, but I forget what it's called. The memory yeah. hole. <laughs> so they 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 suck all the fading memories in the memory hole, and like just the just some of the comments that that these people making decisions of what to hang on to are making was, was cracking me up. Like they're like, oh, look at all these p- piano lessons. Do we need no, 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 hang on, heart and soul and chopsticks, and get the get rid of the rest. <laughs> Right. Typical, like, like employees at a, at a warehouse or a government site saying, yeah, let's just dump this and we'll keep... Yeah, it was, uh, one of them was Paula Poundstone. Um, I can't remember who the other actor was who plays the, the one sorting through the memories. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And, and the best one was, oh, here's that, that stupid chime from that commercial. Oh, let's keep that one. That's a good one. Oh, right. <laughs> that, was a, that was a recurring thing. It made me laugh every single time. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And that, that comes up. That is, that is done as a much more than a three beat. That's like a five beat, I think, in this film. <laughs> uh, and I'm going commercial that these people send up, to the, send up to the front of the mind every once in a while just for fun. Right. Oh, Bobby Moynihan played the other one. Thank you. Yeah, and he uh, stand, played Saturday Night Live uh, comedian. Uh, Saturday Night Live from 2008 to 2017. So, yep. Um, but one of the things I did like about it is that a lot of this, um, a lot of it is really is how the brain works, obviously in a cartoonish form mm-hmm. and a personified form, but. You know, you do dream to process your memories. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your hold on to memories short term, and then some of them do get dumped long term uh, afterwards. But and a lot of them get just discarded. And again, real memories do eventually go away. Stuff that you used to know by heart, you know, and then now you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's just a matter. Of, and so I, I kind of liked a lot of that you know, understanding something small part of cognitive science or what we've learned about how memory functions, how the brain functions and learning functions. So I did kind of enjoy a lot of that. And it's not a mistake. They did their research. uh, Oh yeah. Before they, before they wrote this movie. Well, they knew that there would be podcasters who would be criticizing them if they, uh, (laughs) they got memory worked wrong. Oh, uh, and I did like how Disney is designing theme parks, even when they're not designing theme parks. Yeah, that <laughs> right. they have the memory, memory land. Train. We're gonna we're, we're, memory train. We're gonna go to Friendship Land and or Friendship Island and Hockey Island. I, and I laughed so hard first time the train of thought came through. I was just like, oh my god, it's a train! It's an actual oh, train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any any bad mind. Uh, puns that they could come up with they came with and this is something that um, I think was a, a, a good point I got from listening to the um, the writers blockbusters podcast was the idea of mining your premise and getting the most out of it that you can mm-hmm. and so pulling things like a memory hole and um, the train of thought um that's that's really mining it for all it's worth, you know, and dumping the memories and all these other the imagine they really did 
make full use of the premise of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should it. They should do it. And, and like when um, sadness and joy are, are in the control room and everything starts going to hell because the other three memories um, just screw everything up because they're like incompetent. And and if they're not the dominant personality of, of Riley, they are, you would think they would be incompetent. Um, so it's not it's not even just the the brain emotion. It's it's also the emotions. Never mind just the the memory chamber and all that too. So I think the film grabs both of them and and does it well, kind of. And and it's interesting how they just chose those five memories and and oddly they they work you know i mean you could think like i'm sure they could have thought of other stuff but well and they, and they did uh i was watching one of the special features today and they were talking about how many they had to start with <laughs> like they showed a little uh they showed a little thing that was voiced with uh pencil drawings that they'd done uh with the emotion on we who was french <laughs> Oh, and, like, what was that for? and then they're like, no, 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 this is way too complicated. We got, we got to pare it down. Uh, to and they made the decision to use the ones they did. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, they could have had dozens of more. You think, but th- these five were enough to really get the point across. And as Mike, you said, or maybe it was you, Eric. Um, you know, this is a, a, a not mature girl 11 year old who hasn't even mm-hmm. hit puberty or adolescence yet really and and so her feelings would be a little different than a fully developed adult and mm-hmm. and, and so yeah i think that worked just using these five and and that pretty much was um the point of, of the film was to really i mean i guess the really the point of the film was was sadness and joy trying to live together. The other three were more used as, um, I guess, um, community. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and again, I think, you know, when you look at uh, it's, um, I think they, they, they correct, whether it's, um, an innate thing or societal thing, what we would think of as emotions that, that are more likely that for women to express happiness and sadness crying where men, it's going to be much more anger. Um, you know, I think they gendered the, uh, we're learning something about Mike tonight. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think, think, well, it is right. (laughs) I I mean, it's, there's a reason why most violent criminals are men. You know, it's just that they're much more likely to act out on their anger. And you you see this with teenage boys, you know, see a teenage boy in my class. He's got a cast. And I said, what happened? I punched the wall. <laughs> I can't say when, I've never done that. When, when, when <laughs> men get upset, it tends to come out much more often as, as, as anger and rage. I'm not saying women don't get angry. They obviously do, but they're, you know, crying is a much more common a female emotion than or a reaction to to negative stress than I saw, it is with I saw, I saw somebody post a meme the other day and said uh when, when women shoot anger out of their eyes in the form of tears if it were up to them they'd be lasers <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Jeez. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, um, yeah, that's a, a curious thing. Like, why? Again, a lot of that is probably related to uh, hormones rather than, like, rather, you know, like testosterone is known to cause more. Right. Yeah, it so, is an aggression hormone. There, there is yeah. no question about it. There's no debate about it. Um, and again, I'm not saying, you know, that this is how it should be. I think that's part of the point of the film, right? Is that your emotions are your emotions and you should be allowed to feel your emotions, whatever they are. Um, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's even more than that too. I, I, I think they, yeah, I guess, but I mean, you don't want your emotions always to be sad or, or disgusted or angry. So no, it's certainly, you don't want your emotions ruling your life. Frightened. Yeah. Um, but sometimes there's a reason, there's a reason we have fear, right? Right. Fear. There's a yeah, point. I, I, I think that's what the film's saying more is that these other emotions, which may not be appealing are necessary and, and we should be happy to have them and accept them. Yes. I think that's the better message than saying, saying it, I guess, a different way as, as you, I felt you were saying it, Mike. Right. Uh, you were both saying the same thing. Just use different words. Right. Everything's good. Okay. Fair enough. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Fight! Fight! There's the anger showing. <laughs> now, I do have a question that I thought was very bizarre. I've always noticed it every time I watch this film, which is when they ever go into the man, the father's brain, and they ever mm -hmm. go into the woman's brain, the mother's brain, Mm -hmm. all the emotions of the same gender, but in the girl's brain, they're male and female emotions. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, yeah, I was thought that was correct. I think it was because they just wanted cool actors. <laughs> they said, oh, who's the best actor to be angry? So let's bring this guy in. <laughs> but, you know, that's all I could think of. It could be. Yeah, well, I, I think part of it, like, if you look, the models were not that different. Um, I wonder if, like, you know, when they go through puberty, if there's going to be some sort of a change um, right. to, the, to the emotional models. I, I think I think the real thing is that you have a story about an 11-year-old girl. You are going to, from a marketing point of view, That's want what to have exactly. some boys yeah. being able to sit in the audience. Yeah, that's what I was going so you got to have a male character or two in there, even if it's just anger and fear. Um, <laughs> and, and a little bit of the father, who, of course... Oh, you know, and, 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 and the imaginary friend, too. Bing Bong. And Bing Bong, right. Mm -hmm. But Bing Bong takes a while to get there. Um, so at least that gives you something. Um, right. And then it just is easier to have... <sighs> with the mom and the Brazilian pilot, that right. was funny as shit. It is. That, that is freaking hysterical, but I don't think that they want to go with a male anger and male fear right. while the emotions are all swooning over right. Ronaldo or whatever his name was. Um, because that's just not a place that Disney wants to go right now. Um, right, right. Yeah. Right. So. No, no, and that's, that's fair. Uh, well, and, and to be honest, I mean, if we really want to look at it technically, they should have had all the emotions represent the character itself, right? So, so you would think the woman 
meaning the mother who's a heterosexual would have all female versions of her emotions inside of her anyway. But again, for the main group of emotions in, in Riley, I think you're right. I think it was more marketing just for the fact that, um, as we see in films that came out around the same time by Disney, um, Rapunzel, uh, was originally called Rapunzel and then they renamed it Tangled because they wanted to bring in boys because no boy would want to see Rapunzel. And then Frozen was supposed to be called the, the Snow Queen and they renamed it to Frozen because they wanted boys to come and see the film. And so I, I think you're absolutely right. It, you know, a, t- a teenager or 11 year old girl will boy want to see a film about an 11 year old girl, not necessarily, but oh, there's, there's male anger. That's cool. You know, so I think yeah, well, I, think I mean, John Carter of Mars was another one because that was originally what Princess of Mars and what? Now that's not going to work. And right. and then of course the the Mars was going to keep the girls away, so we just turned it to John Carter, and the whole thing flopped. Um, I like that the, all the ones in the cats head were cats, and the dogs <laughs> were dogs. Yeah, <laughs> so the cats got a cat walking on the console, hitting random buttons, and the cats freaking out and. That explains a lot about cats. Oh yeah, and and the dogs, <laughs> the dogs were all all dogs, but they were all of a single mind and a single purpose. Food, get the food, food, get the food, get, get the, the food. food. And that's very much dogs. Dogs are very much, you know, it's, it's just oh, yeah. they're they're all committed to oh. a single thing. Where cats, their emotions, many of them will flip from peaceful and contented to freaking out for no particular reason. For no particular reason, yeah. That's so, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like my dog uh, isn't particularly a fond of my oldest daughter, um, but when my oldest daughter is eating pretzels, my dog sits right next to her and just stares at her and stares and stares because there's never chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. Food. So yeah, yeah, they, and that's true. That's true. So they 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 portray dogs and cats pretty good in this. I, I wish they did a whole film on the dogs and cats. That would be awesome. <laughs> right. Well, except for the fact that they don't talk. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That that would be so. I mean, they could do it. You know, uh, I mean, one of my favorite characters, um, in 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 Pixar history and maybe in Disney history is uh, Doug from Up. Oh, oh okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Dog was the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's true too. Just like the pug from A Pet's Life. Yep, the squirrels. Cone of shame. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yes>, right. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So this one here, um, I think I think some of the weaker parts, oddly, were the parts between the beginning and. The the um, memory hole incident. So, mm-hmm. like, like you remember when when they the the characters go into that building and they turn into like bit abstract. Ma- yeah, yeah. I, I I wasn't a fan of that part of the film. I thought I thought it was it dragged the film a little bit. But that may have just been me. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? It didn't upset me. It was just set up. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did feel the. Um, I did feel the story, maybe dragged a bit in the middle, um, and could have been tightened up. I think they had a lot of great ideas, and they wanted to get them all in there. And I really don't want to see them do, Inside Out two, uh, Inside Outer, Inside Outer, 
Well, right. they did do a, a five-minute sequel. A little, yes, a they did. I was going to mention and, that later. But yes, and, they did. And, it, and it's actually really good. Right, but that's fine. A short sequel, that's fine. I don't. I just don't think we need another ninety minutes on it. Right. Sure. Um, and if you haven't seen a, well, watch, we saw what happened when when they did Frozen, right? Right. Frozen too. Right. But Go I, see um, Riley's first date uh, if you can find it. Uh, yeah, it's, prob- she, it's probably on Disney Plus. I, I wouldn't doubt. It is on Disney Plus. I just watched it because we're finished yeah. watching Inside and it it's, popped up. It's also stuff. on iTunes because uh, I bought the, the movie on iTunes and, it, and it's filled with extras and, and that's one of the extras. Well, one of the nice things about um, about the Disney Plus is that I think all of the Pixar shorts, shorts are on there. Mm-hmm. So going all the way back to Tin Toy up through. And so you can watch like the history of Pixar and watch every short that Pixar has done. All most, if not all, the Pixar films are on Disney Plus. So if you're really into Pixar, that's all there. Most of the shorts are available on separate discs, you know, but you, know, you won't find them cheap because Disney doesn't make things cheap. Right. Um, you know, because they know, like I, I know, even when I watch, like, well, I even know, like when I go to an on-demand, like Vudu or whatever, and they're like, and they have Disney films on sale. They're on sale for fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Anybody else on sale? It's like on sale for five bucks. Disney films on sale, <laughs> fifteen bucks. Right, right. Because they so because they're like, we know the reason you're going to buy this is because you have a child who needs to be entertained, and you're going to pay us to entertain that child. And if fifteen dollars is worth it, two hundred plays you'll get out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. We had about two hundred. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, so yeah, so in the in that short, she dates the uh, the girl, girl, girl. That that boy. She goes on his first date, mm. and so you see what's going on, and you do a lot. And more it's mostly his perspective, here. right? Uh, not mostly. It's some of his, a little bit of his perspective, a lot yeah. of the perspective of the mother and the father. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the way their brains work. Um, yeah. and and it, it's it's fun. And then uh, Riley's dad's, perspective the, too, and some yeah. of Riley, and of course Riley's. But you're, you know, because Dad's trying to, uh, you know, intimidate the boy, and Mom's trying to like bond with her daughter over her, and you know, the daughter wants nothing to do with it because she's in puberty now, and you know, and disgust doesn't want to let Mom know that she appreciates the emotion. You know, it's all that stuff. It's it's cute. It's only a couple of minutes long. It's well worth watching. Oh, it's, it's as good as the the main film, I think. In a, in a dose. But so anyway, so yeah, I do think that some of this was a little dragged out. It, I, I felt the journey along the way was a little longer than I than I than I wanted, um, and I think that's that's a part of it. Uh, but it's still like on you know, their own. The segments are fine. It, it just you know eh, maybe stretch it a little thinner than need be. But this is also a thing where I don't see them revisiting it in in a large format and certainly at the time they probably couldn't guarantee so they wanted to use whatever their best ideas were they made sure they were on screen Mm -hmm. they didn't save anything for another day right Right. yeah i I would agree with that mike um Uh, you know it is very much a shaggy dogs are a little bit you know a lot of it because it's just lots of visual gags it's like the the when they get to the imagination (laughs) and you got like the the cloud house and house of cards and the gingerbread house. Oh, the unicorn. You know, the unicorn, right. Oh, I loved you in, I don't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what movie, or which really wasn't a movie. It was a but I remember Dream. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I did love they do uh, like and they of course they have that's little things because they're Disney. So she's having a nightmare, and if you pay attention during the nightmare, the music is background music from the haunted mansion. I yeah. did not notice that. Yeah, um, I, I oh, just I haven't seen that movie. Are no, you talking no, about no. from the attractions? From the actual ride, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's the same music that you hear on the, on the record that I had as a kid that I played 5,000 times. Yeah. You probably had that record too, right, Mike? Yes, I did. I yeah. did not. Uh, I had yeah, well, you, you were three years younger than us, I think, so mm-hmm. maybe it was already out of print by the time yeah, that you would have cared about something like that. Um, uh, yeah, Ron, I had Ron, Sesame Ron, Street songs. Ron Howard played, played uh, one of the characters in it. It's the best. Oh, I will say it was it was twisted. Um, the little nightmare they have that they stage where they try to get her to wake up. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And they have, and they dress up as uh, as a dog, and so you keep cutting back and forth between this is what it's what it, <clears throat> lack of a better term, really going on, mm-hmm. and how right. she sees it. And right. so the, when the dog costume comes apart, and she pictures the dog cut in half. Right. Um, and, you, and you do see it like looking like a you know a ham hock or something been cut in half, mm-hmm. uh, running around. Yeah, there there is a little bit of you know what might be a little nightmare fuel for small kids. Um, <laughs> but it was the clown that did the trick. Yeah. <laughs> Five years of acting school for this. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was no. That was oh, oh, right, right. And, and who's in command at that? Fr- uh, Fright, right? He's in command at the time. He's at the console. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, no, he's drinking a coffee or something. And he's just letting it go on or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. Until until they bring the clown in and then that's what wakes her up. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what else? Uh, but yeah, I mean I mean this film isn't just for the gags that they are actually trying to make a a quote unquote important story as you said Eric the reason why that you this film really worked for you was more the um the the message never mind yeah the, the exploration I'm, of human emotion is 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 what i really like about this yeah well so the short that me and mike were talking about um it, it's humorous because it, it's it's you know like two pubescent children that kind of have the hearts for each other and, and it's just kind of funny. So there really wasn't a message. It was more just, you know, something that's funny. So if they've made a second film of this, I could see like it not being as good because it, um, they, I don't know what they, they would, they would have to, yeah, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think they're going to. Yeah. I don't think they would anyway. No, uh, it but, doesn't lend itself to it. I mean, um, the something short, like, short work yeah certainly i mean something like incredibles lent itself to a sequel the magic fact the fact that they managed to squeak out four toy story films and they were all decent amazed me um yeah it's easier when it's animated well it's easier (laughs) when it's animated i mean but i mean just finding a story to tell and like i i really did not care for for frozen 2 uh i thought it was was somewhat disappointing yeah it was a i thought it was a yeah weak story um and it it didn't fit in the universe they created in in the first film. I didn't fail either. Yeah, um, that's another issue. Um, and then like cars, cars they did purely out of money because the cars toys sold so well 
to like the people who collect right. toy cars mm-hmm. and and little and little boys because you know Disney the, they 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 like they they didn't have Marvel when cars came out and they didn't have Star Wars when cars came out so it was like holy shit we found a an in into the boys toy market <laughs> you know because right. boys aren't interested in being little princesses or princes um and that's the reason why we got a shitload of cars stuff uh and that that was very much just out of the marketing um. But Toy Story, they took care of to do right. Um, I don't imagine they'll do this one because it doesn't lend itself well to a sequel. Um, And it's been five years now, too. It's it's, not like... Oh, well, yeah. But, yeah. But I think they they hit it well. I think they did a really good job with it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised as I'm thinking about it. I am a little shocked they didn't utilize it more in some of its theme parks, like with um, Journey to Imagination. You might have been in, in Epcot. They might have been able to use it, but you know it's Disney. They want synergy. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you one thing. They do use the Pixar characters in Disney. I've, I haven't seen them except in pictures, but the pictures I've seen, they're they're, they're there. Oh well, they have the new Toy Story Land in the Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but they, I mean, they, just in 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 you know the original Disney World, uh, whatever land that is called, the one with the Cinderella's castle. What, what's that one called? The one where where the haunted California? Mansion? No, no, no. The 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 land Magic that Kingdom. the Magic Kingdom. They they have all all the characters there, including um the the Inside Out folk. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, they've got like the the they even have the Simpsons. The, 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 the Laugh Factory from Monsters Inc. You know they've got a lot of stuff that they're they're slowly factoring in and finding ways to to weave it in. Right. Yeah, you're right, Monster Inc. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it never occurred to me that they would add those characters to the parks, but now they're they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um. So back to this film, Eric. Uh, what other items that you wanted to bring up that really interested you about it? Um. Because I'm sure there's other stuff too. I mean, we we've talked about a bunch of stuff, but. Nothing I mean, specific. we've we've hit the main points as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we really have actually. Um, let's see what else uh, I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we pretty much hit all the the main points, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the blobs that played the 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 things that worked in her brain? What what were they supposed to be called, right? Because they were just these blobs, like the ones that that mm-hmm. ran the the camera during the the little skits, or or the or the the two that were sucking the memories down the hole. They're, They're just, just blobs. Are they They're thoughts, and then you put a filter on them, and they become something more in focus. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. All right. All right. I get it. Yeah. Right. Because that's when they put the camera on. Mm-hmm. The thoughts she sees the teacher and she sees the kids in the classroom or whatever. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's see. What about you, Mike? Anything else you want to bring? Well, up? I was just looking over some of the things I wrote down, which were some of the lines and some of which. Um, remember the funny movie when the dog died? No. <laughs> right. oh, that comes up right. a couple times. <laughs> um, when they're after they're they're driving through and they're looking. Um, Driving through San Francisco, anger says something. I saw, I saw a Gary, hairy guy. He looked like a bear, <laughs> which is 
Indiana. Bro, Bigfoot. Well, no, no it's, this, no. Is, this, is San, <laughs> this is San Francisco, Phil. Um, there is something San Francisco has long been known for. Uh, and it, it's What is um, it? A hairy guy that looks like a bear? No. Yeah, Phil is apparently unaware of this, Mike. Yeah, a bear is a, uh, is a slang term for a large, hairy, homosexual male. I've never heard this before. Yeah, it's a subset of, of gay culture. Some some gay men are into what they call bears. I have been told that I would be considered a bear if I were homosexual. So so what was the joke in the film? Because it went over my head because I didn't know. I thought they were talking about big Well, because that was it. He, he said, I saw a hairy guy because they were talking about bears. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember the context about looking for bears. And I said, oh, I saw a hairy, hairy guy. I thought he was a bear. And, yeah, and, and I got that too, Mike. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And, and who said this joke? Anger. Was, Anger. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. See, I it went over my head too because I didn't I didn't know this this terminology. Yeah, I remember they used it in um, when they did the the relaunch of the Muppets TV show a couple of years ago, and Fozzie puts it. I think goes through personal ads and gets all the wrong kind of hits because you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, it's only it's, it's only it's only a raw it's like only like a, a one drop you know like <laughs> line on the side. But. I can't believe they had the balls to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it was them them attempting to do the Muppets kind of as the Office or some sort of like one of those handheld mm-hmm. behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, that, that kind of reminded me of uh, the All in the Family one where uh, Edith picks up a one of those little newspaper she finds on the on the side of the road and and contacts someone in the ad and it's swingers but she <laughs> didn't, didn't know what swingers were she thought they were just happy people or something mm-hmm. and so archie gets all pissed that she invited them over but then when they come they come with gifts so he's all like oh these people are okay and then mike <laughs> and, and gloria come and they read the ad and they go oh my god no no these aren't happy people they're happy people that want to do things with you and Archie, and then Edith goes, oh, oh, (laughs) (laughs) run in and try to get Archie away from him. It's like, so, so, I don't know know why that, but it's the same thing. It's just like people not knowing the joke until it's too late. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I didn't know that these, these terminologies, how about that? And they, they threw it in this film. How about that? And it is San Francisco. How about that? Yeah, it is. That that's the joke, and it's uh, I mean that's a joke that's going to go over the head of every kid, right. and I would say at least seventy five percent of the adult audience. Yes, yeah, because I, I didn't even know the term existed. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the reason I know about that term uh, is because there was a gay dude who was totally into me <laughs> and told me I was a bear. And I was like, I'm a what now? It's <laughs> like, sorry, man. Barking up the wrong tree, but thanks. <laughs> the bear, that's great. <laughs> that's funny. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I don't know what else. I don't Any know. Any other good lines, Mike? Uh, you know, it's the... I. We, I now have access to all the curse words. That one kind of <laughs> yeah, stuck true. out at me. Um, it's a new yeah, expanded it's, console, yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, I don't think there's anything anything else that, that really, really stuck out. Oh, um, we could get lost in there. Oh, be positive. Okay, I'm positive we're going to get lost in there. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. Uh, damn, yeah, I should have wrote them all down, too. There were, there were some good ones. There were a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't want to go all Chris Farley. True. So it sounds like we're ready to wrap this up. I think we're. I think we are. But before we do, what's the Chris Farley reference? I don't get that one. If you the, Chris Farley, <laughs> the actor Chris Farley, the comedian yes. Chris Farley, when he was on Saturday Night Live, one of his skits was to do a talk show, and he would have on the go, you know, the, the guest, like sort of like say Robert De Niro. And he would give the worst interview oh, ever. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, th- yeah, remember that time oh, movie he, when you were all yeah. like, "You you talking to me? me? That was awesome." <laughs> right, I remember that now. Yeah, that was a good skit. <laughs> yeah, now I get the reference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you remember that time when Chris Farley would interview guests? <laughs> 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 Are you talking to me? That was awesome. Yeah, that's what we don't want to do. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I. I, I guess we are are able to wrap it up then eric yeah i I don't know i don't know if there's anything else um so let's see uh i guess we can do some house cleaning and then give our final thoughts so um in general genre news anything that anybody or, or just film news anybody wanted to bring up um I don't, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but Harvey Weinstein was convicted today. Yeah, a lot of people. You know what's odd is that it's it's good, most certainly. Um, but for a serial rapist um, that only stopped because he got caught, I guess they're only going to – he gets six to 29 years or something. So a lot of people are saying that this is a defeat for the prosecution even though they got the conviction. And and they really? may be because you think you should get life if you're a serial rapist. I mean, Here's this is my crime. He, he was he was acquitted of the crimes that had a life sentence attached to them. Right. So in that manner, if you want to look at it that way, yeah, it's it's they they didn't give him as much time as they theoretically could have. Right. And here's the thing. His sentencing, I read five to twenty five. I don't know where you got your numbers, Phil. Yeah, um, I, I made a mistake. I was just guessing because I, I remember it was something like that so yes five to twenty so like yep. so so if he gets five i'll be a little upset um <laughs> but if he gets 25 i'm perfectly okay with that because he's 70 something now uh he'll be in his, he'll, he'll be in his 90s uh, yeah he's he's look if, if they give him 25 years it's a life sentence right 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 more or unless less. he gets parole obviously. and there's a in but, fact yeah. there's a well, yeah, if he gets pardoned, and that's a whole different issue. No, no, parole. Um, uh, and even then, right, he could get paroled. I don't know how much uh, bad behavior a 70-year-old man can get up to uh, in prison. Um, but, you know, it's – and he'll, he, he won't go to really – he won't go to bad prison. He's going to go to soft prison probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a feeling, given the, the history, given the, the charges – um, they're likely to go higher than lower, but you know, you never know. Um, 
you just take the fact that he's getting punished, even if it's not your specific account that he gets gets nailed on, and so much time has passed on so many of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, just be glad you got him for something. You know, don't be pissed that you couldn't get Al Capone on on bootlegging when you could, and you could only get him on and tax murder. evasion. And tax evasion. Yeah, 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 just 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 get him on for what you get him for, and and let the rest take care of itself. I, I'll agree. It would be disappointing really... if you only had like five years and then could get out in two. That would be. Uh, a, a, a miscarriage. Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but at this point, you know, given the things he did, there really isn't going to be, there, there are certain people that their crimes go so far, especially when it's re- repetitive. There's really no justice you're going to get on this earth at the very least. Right. You know, it's, um, you know, unless you're going to just have him getting raped every day in prison, I guess maybe that would work, which might by the way happen anyway. Um, you know, well, sort of and, like, the, and the thing of it is, he did a whole bunch of stuff that he that he can't be convicted for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like uh, I was listening to uh, it's a podcast uh, done by Justin Long. Do you know who that is, the actor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, he, he does a podcast from, with his brother called uh, Life Jack is Pretty Short. Um, yeah, he does a podcast with his brother called Life is Short, where he interviews celebrities. And he recently interviewed uh, Mira Sorvino, who was uh, a victim. What? Well, well, not in a way. Um, she she wasn't actually assaulted. Um, Harvey Weinstein uh, made a pass at her more than once, and she shut him down. Um, but because of that, he blacklisted her. And back in the mid '90s, her career was red hot. She won an Oscar. Um, and then didn't get another studio job for 15 years <laughs> from, from, from the ages of 30 to 45. She didn't get a studio job uh, because Harvey Weinstein blacklisted her. Um, and she said when she found out, I mean, she, she for a while suspected that might be the case, but after a while it just like started to mess with her head. And she was like, I guess I'm just not good enough anymore. Um, and I mean, she's, it's a really interesting interview to listen to. She's really smart woman and interesting to listen to. Uh, but she was like, you know what? At this point, she doesn't have any regrets about the way things happened. Cause if they hadn't happened the way she, they did, she wouldn't have met her husband. They wouldn't have their kids who she loves more than anything in the universe. But at the same time, man, what a dick. <laughs> yeah. And so. she also didn't have to have sex with Har- with Harvey Weinstein. Right, right. So, like, I'm I'm sure that's not the only story like that out there. Um, he's not a good person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eric, the best was yesterday. I'm, I'm watching a movie uh, that Eric recommended, so I'm, I'm watching it yesterday. And the first two seconds, Merrimax, and I immediately text Eric. I go, I'm "Watching the film you what you're, uh, you know, you recommended." However, the first two seconds, I felt like vomiting because it was Mara <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, but yeah, he's he's just a, a rotten, rotten, terrible human being. But, um, you know, I mean, even a film, whether he produced it or not or, or, or whatnot, um, there's all these other people that worked on the film and, and um, we can't, we can't like ban watching films that he participated in mm-hmm. just for the, because then you're punishing everybody that worked on that film, not just him. And, 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 
it's well, it's, and and some people who who worked with him in the past, like uh, Kevin Smith, um, in particular, pretty much owes his career to Harvey Weinstein because uh, they're the ones that bought Clerks, right? Uh, yeah. But what when this all this went down, he said, you know what? From here on forward, I'm not going to make a single penny of profit off of Clerks. Any residuals I get off that movie will go to this women's foundation. Um, so I thought that was a, a pretty cool way to handle that. Sure, sure. And again, it's not his fault that right, right, right. Is, you know, so technically, even if he said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give the money. This is my money, whatever. I mean, it, for him to do that is is just awesome. But I wouldn't hold it against him if he if he didn't, because again, that's his film. Even if Weinstein happened to be the one that you know was put it, his name on it and, and sent it out to to cinemas and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, it's it's just an unfortunate thing. Um, I, I can see why a lot of people are still pissed that he didn't get um, life or, or some other thing. But Eric, you made a good no, point. I, Certain things he didn't. They, I mean, a lot of stuff. There, there's a difference did, between but, what you're pretty sure he did and what you can prove in a court of law. Exactly. And I like what Mark, Mike, Mike, you said too, which is, you know, you got him on tax evasion. He's gone. He's going to jail. That, that, you know, should be happy that you got him. Even if it's like some, like some of the things you said, Eric, what you couldn't prove in, in, in uh, the court, at least you could prove all these other things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, any other things that anybody want to bring up? No, not oh, really. There yeah. was something, but I can't remember. There was some upcoming film. Oh, uh, Robert Eggers. Yes. Did, uh, the Witch in the Lighthouse. Apparently yep. his next movie is going to be uh, a Viking movie. Yes. And that makes me smile. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be cool. The question is, will it be artsy-fartsy or will it be... Like you know, uh, what's that guy that that did Drive? What's his name? I can't. Uh, the Dutch actor, director, uh, Refren, Refren, right? You know, yeah. Well, he did that movie, that Viking film, that was awesome, but it was very artsy fartsy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, will it be artsy fartsy like that, or will it be more of a standard? Like, like <laughs> I haven't seen anything that indicates that he's not going to do an artsy fartsy movie. That's a fair point. <laughs> That's a fair point. But it sounds interesting. It does, and I, and I think I'll be on board. And by the yeah, way, he's from, he's from New Hampshire. By the way, Packers. Nobody cares. Oh, uh, there is one I forgot. Um, that uh, one of the films on my top twenty list for uh, for horror films of two thousand and. Uh, 19 was the movie um sweetheart mm-hmm. uh which was the story about the woman on the island being chased by a sea monster yeah, and sea yeah so the director for that apparently is in development of of the next star wars film what okay so, so the guy that did sweetheart may be the director of a new star wars film Reportedly, he's developing it. Whether he's just helping, like co-write it, uh, he's got a co-writer who has done 
uh, some TV stuff and, and other things, or he's going to end up actually directing it. Whether it's going to be a huge budget film or a small budget film, I have no idea. Um, I've always thought, like, originally uh, Rogue One was intended to basically be Star Wars as Zero Dark Thirty. It was supposed to be a low-budget film, and they just kept escalating the budget. Um, after they'd already kind of hired people to do it and dramatically changed what the film was supposed to be. Um, I still think that approach could work, you know, and certainly would save them uh, the risk of something like Solo, which, you know, made $400 million, but still ended up losing money because of all the money they spent making that film. Sure, sure. Right, right. And all that behind the scenes stuff. Um, basically, one thing Disney is not good at is uh, leaks. They're not good at protecting leaks. Um, and so that didn't help Solo either with all the things behind the scenes. Um, so that's interesting uh, news, Mike. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, it's it's been done before. I mean, the guy that did those amazing Spider-Man flicks who, who, who had done only clown prior to that, you know, so he did clown. Oh, did, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Webb, right. Who did. Yeah. 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 So he did clown, which was, you know, a nothing budget film. That was really good. That Eli Roth, um, produced only because the guy made a, a five minute trailer. I don't know. He's the one who did the, he's done the, the new ones, the, the last yeah, the new ones. films. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Uh, Mark yeah. Webb was the other, was the amazing. No, that's amazing. Spider-Man were the other two. It's easy to lose track. Okay. All right, so clown movie. So yeah, let's see what this guy's name is. Yeah, you're saying it's uh, John Watts. That's it. Yeah, John Watts. Yeah, so it's been it's happened before. Um, so you know, Sweetheart was probably a nothing budget film. Uh, someone liked the guy. He went in for an interview. He's good. He's, he did a good interview. He knows how to interview. And so. Let's give him the Star Wars film. So yeah, maybe, and, and it's probably a smart thing to do, you know, because when you when you bring in these bigger guys like Ryan Johnson and and whatever, they want to do, or, or the guy that did Jurassic World or, or Benioff and Weiss, these guys are great directors, but they have their own, you know, uh, vision, I guess. While if you bring in these lesser known directors, they're more that have talent they're more apt to follow, you know, in star Wars is, is one of those things where you figure they would want to keep things standardized because of, you know, the world they build and all that. So bringing in these younger or less known directors that have talent, why not, you know, bring in the new rookie type of thing, you know, like in baseball. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, Mike? Uh, I mean, it's similar to how they brought Joe Johnson, you know, this this nobody director, and they gave him Thor, right? Or not, or not Thor. Was it Thor? Captain America. Captain America, yeah. And, and it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Star Wars as a story is something that markets itself, right? More or less. You don't need to go all out with stars. You don't need to go all out with a big-name director to make that film and get people to go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think fundamentally, if they just give themselves time to make the movies instead of uh, rushing them into production and development when they don't have stories nailed down, um, which is what they did a lot with the last five films, six films, uh, one, two, three, yeah, five films, 
um, I think they'll have better product, and it's uh, hopefully what they're going to do. Hopefully, they learn some lessons. Indeed. Yep. Uh, any other news anybody want to bring up? All right. So I guess we can get uh, into some uh, uh, other things. Uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan? I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. Uh, you can find it wherever you got this one. Let's see what else. Uh, yeah, so I guess we can give our final thoughts on this film here. So, uh, Eric, why don't you go? All right. Uh, well, Inside Out, I like it. Uh, I think it does a great job of uh, giving a visualization of how the mind works and how our emotions affect our memories. I thought the whole thing is pretty darn stellar. Um, so I highly recommend this uh, for children and adults alike. Right. Yeah, I uh, I agree. It's an all-ages film. I think it is in the bottom half of the top tier of the Pixar films, if that helps. Um, so uh, I don't think I'd put it up with Toy Story 1, 2, or 3, or uh, Up, or... Uh, a couple of others, but it's certainly better than a lot of other animated films you're going to get. Um, it's certainly at least worth at least one watch. Um, like Eric said, it hits all age groups. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I think, Mike, you may be fair about all that um, because it, it's more of an interesting film than an awesome film, in my opinion, um, for a lot of the Pixar films. Uh, so, uh, I would I would say it's a it's a, a pretty solid film and uh, um, it's curious to see what people would think about the film because I haven't really you I guess Mike and and uh, Eric are the first two people I've ever really talked to about their opinion of the film. Um, but yeah, uh, check it out. All right, so uh, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right, thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about Inside Out. Come back whenever the next episode is released and we'll have another topic.
I used to know. I close my 